And welcome, Being Community Radio. Yes, tonight we have a special guest. Just going to get right into it. Rose. Rose is a Being Community angel of sorts. She's going to publish her book this fall, A Case of Drowning. And she's got lots of goodies to share <laughs> and to express. Mm. Really, this broadcast <laughs> recording <laughs> project is designed to help and support and assist and encourage anyone that's in the process of waking up. Mm. And even better, building community. Integrating into a community, f- healing the pain of community. Mm. Community, spirituality, money, those three words just became dirty over the past few decades or millennia. Mm. And we are here to heal and do it right, so to speak. Mm. We really are. We're here in New York City, building community, growing up, strengthening our hearts. And it is our duty to share and to express and to support because everybody thinks or imagines that they may have the right community or a new community or some sort of a safety zone. But what we are really doing is modeling community behavior, all of us. Mm. And I know Rose have been traveling around the world literally what? What would you say? Like you are a community hopper mm. mm-hmm. of sorts and builder, right? Mm-hmm. Born into. And what I would like tonight or the next five minutes to be all about is what can we share? What can we tell people? What can we uh, you know, remind them about this community building business? Like what have you seen in your travels? Mm. What, what, what's a few things that have been coming up now? And anything else you may want to share? Yes. Uh, well, one and thing. And we have time. We have time. <laughs> we have plenty of time. Yeah. It's a l- lengthy subject. One thing I've really come to understand about living in community through all my adventures is that we live within a reflection of the vibrations that we're made of. And whoever shows up in the community that's a resonance in your body, whether it's a trigger, whether it's heat, there's friction, or attraction, desire, sisterhood, brotherhood, a feeling of father, a feeling of mother, of someone that you want to protect. It's all aspects of the vibrations that are woven within you. And when that, when those unpleasant sensations start to come up, it's an opportunity to take a s- step back and look at what, what that friction is and clear the self, clear the part in you that's creating that, that friction. That's all happening inside you. I mean, you're the only one there. You're, no, you're the only one here. 
it's pretty deep <laughs> for our first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. Well, <laughs> I go there. <laughs> That's good. That's great. Because, again, we have, this is about people integrating into community, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. This is not about anything that we, as the three of us, or the few hundred of us that know each other, are connected to. No. It's about modeling community behavior. We have all of these flower and lily pads and lots of community behavior sprouting all over the place. Mm. And I really know that they could use some support. Mm. And if we are suing, if we are suing, if we are doing and seeing certain things at work, let's talk about it. Let's share. And if we are experiencing things that do do not work, Mm. we're here to support. This is about the listeners. This is about anyone anyone that feels that they are in a journey into back into the heart mm-hmm. back into a place of dreaming again mm. yes dreaming alive dreaming awake knowing and what you just said was very very deep but it's so true and that's if that's your first sentence <laughs> on the show literally saying hey one thing i've learned in all my travels is what you call the law of reflection mm-hmm. in some words, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels real and it feels right in us. And anybody that's listening, anybody that's saying, ah, uh, yeah, exactly. The people that are bothering you and triggering you, the people that are reminding you of good and bliss and nurturing and support, it is important to give it space, give it love, give it energy, and see what it is within you that needs more room, Mm -hmm. support, love, encouragement, whatever it may be. But that's why we are building community, right? So we can have the space to reflect on one another, to reflect with one another, Mm -hmm. to ultimately free ourselves. Yes. For redemption. (coughs) That's the you know, the part that comes through the resistance, through the triggering, the friction, comes that experience of ultimate forgiveness, unconditional love for the, s- for the self, for what is in you. And, you know, one experience I've ha- had many times living in community in Hawaii, um, different beautiful medicine communities, is a Hawaiian practice called Ho'oponopono. And it, it literally means, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And it's, it's locating the sensation of someone that, that you have an amendment to make with that person. It's really what the quality, the tone of your relationship with, within a person in the community, within an aspect of a community that you, you find on you know, unpleasant, a mandatory meeting, um, someone complaining about, you know, 27th time that their food has been stolen out of the fridge, and these little things of you get to see people's neuroses, and it's your own when you have a reaction to it. That's how you know that you have work to do. Hmm. Hmm. Which reminds us of our previous uh, visit of Edmund, when we were launching Trigger Factory. And isn't that a very clever 
an artistic way of providing a foundation for that healing, a trigger factory, so to speak? You're asking me. I'm inviting <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny. You know, it's such a it's such a different dynamic uh, to interact on <coughs> multiple dimensions with other people. And uh, this foray for me into community is such a it's such a new learning experience, and I'm I'm it's like I'm, I'm eating it up in a sense, but it is it's like. Uh, for me, it's been like a missing piece. Like, it's just like a piece of myself I just don't know. And so I'm watching myself, you know, just... It, it's like, it's in a sense, it's like sharing my most inner world in, a, in an open setting. Hmm. You know, it's like <clears throat> I found myself, you know, like... I spent a lot of time in solitude and alone and, you know, for years and years and years. Just That's just what my mode was. And, you know, and even taking days off, it was always like just separating from everyone. Mm -hmm. And now finding that within community, I can I can have those days where I am recharging, but I'm with other people, mm. you know. And the and th there's something to be said for being give, given. I'll call it given the permission. You know, I even say like over the last weekend, the last weekend just being up at up at the farm and just everyone just being given permission to do exactly what they want to do, is such a radical energy. You know, apart from, in, you know, everything else that it is, but just like, hey, you know, govern yourself, whatever you want to do. If you want to participate, great. If you don't, great. Mm. But the, um, the balance sheet is also up to me, you know, like noticing where like, hey, actually, where have I contributed? You know, as I've drawn things from the community, like whether it's food, you know, or just other things, you know, and just saying, OK, well, where and then and then I find myself it's interesting because I found myself like feeling more disconnected when I'm not in some kind of balanced contribution. Hmm. Ah. <coughs> That's what growing up feels like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like like I said, it's just such a new like like even for me, like, you know, if you want to go deep, it's like saying like um I've always been saying more recently is that enlightenment itself is evolving. And we're moving away from the individual enlightenment mm -hmm. into this group enlightenment. And it's just, it's, it's like I'm innocent again. Mm. You know, it's like, I don't know. And I don't, and, but yeah, wow, it's so great to be seen. And like, and, and one of the things is another thing that happened, the other, I think it was even last night, you know, like I just was in this very sweet place within myself. I just felt very sweet. And uh, I remember I came out of the tent and everyone was up and, and just like, hey, are you okay? And I was just like, like, I just, normally I think I would have dismissed it, you know, or as some kind of drama, like, oh, are you okay? Can we take care of you? No, but it was just kind of like this response to my inner self. Mm -hmm. And I'm sharing my inner self with other people, and it's not necessarily in words. I'm being seen, I'm being recognized, and it's just, there's something about it that's just like, it's like food. Hmm. So... In the moon of the budding trees I was gifted new eyes to see All of the shifting shape and ways you can be
Wake the dreams into realities. Wake the dreams into realities. Sunset diamonds trickle down. Being community, radio, sobering message for the soul. <laughs> I just wanted to get Edmund to look at me like, are we doing this again? <laughs> Rose. Yes. Publishing her first book, first of many, this fall, A Taste of Drowning. And the reason why um, I keep bringing it up, <laughs> because I know it's happening and I know that this is how it happens in community. Mm. We all have dreams. We all have uh, heartbreaks even about our dreams. And it's, we can read all the self-help books. I, mm. I try to read a bunch. You can go to all the seminars and have all the aha moments and epiphanies. And you can have all the journeys in the world and know that you are one. You're one. The whole thing is one. Your world is coming true. As you think it, it becomes. You can live the law of reflection. Well, maybe not. Mm. Because if you don't have people around you, then you're mm. not living the law of reflection. Yes. But my point is that real success, real manifestation, realizing a dream that lasts comes through community. And me, us, all of us encouraging you and saying, we want to go ahead, publish it. We want to read it. We want to hear about it. We want to hear your story. We are interested. We are genuinely interested because you have your vantage point. If I keep doing it, we keep saying it, It'll then you, you, will, you will do it. And mm. then you do it and you feel awkward and you get the first five reviews and ten reviews and all of a sudden mm. you're not calling us back. And then we find that it's <laughs> ourselves. Well, yes. But for real, it's really, that's how it happens in community. This is why tonight is kind of, you know, I switched the name of the show. I, a lot of stuff in the background, which is... This show may have been called Ori Awaking until now because it really is about people. It really is about you guys. It's about having the courage, having the courage to try, to publish, to write, to speak, to, to ask seen. for help, mm -hmm. yeah, to be seen. Mm -hmm. And it takes time. It does take time. It takes time to even want to be seen, to mm. be received. I mean... The story itself came of me going off on my quest, on my spiritual journey. and Why? Why did you go? Well, I, was, I had some things I had to figure out, and I didn't think that I could figure them out in life and all the, the tumultuous emotions that my life were bringing, was bringing. That sounds like a self-help book. Give us yeah. the nitty-gritty. Well, I... <laughs> the nitty-gritty. I was I fell in love, and I was terrified of what was coming out of me, all these emotions, all this real passion, real grief, real anger, real you know terror. All of it was coming out, and it was so overwhelming. I felt like I was drowning. So I had to go figure out what I was so terrified of. I wanted to figure it out you know, away from the world. How old were you? Um, 21. Okay, so 21. You, what does that mean? You left your I'm boyfriend, your <laughs> husband, your <laughs> girlfriend? I, I just left the world of institution and community, I guess. I left community 
to go be a prodigal daughter, to go out into the world, into other cultures, into tribes, into the Himalayas, into you know, South America. I've, you know, I, I, I left, and, and out west, I left to go and discover what would bring me home. Yeah, but let's go back. Mm-hmm. What didn't you like? Remember, you're talking to people who are going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing. And what did I like about... Com- what didn't what you like? About community. What, what about your situation? I, I didn't feel like I fit in. I felt like I had come from such different community, different different types of reality. I mean... So the communities that you are involved with, which everybody is involved in some sort of a community, almost... Just wasn't nurturing. It didn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. It didn't honor where I'd come from, and I felt like I spent a lot of time making fun of living in spiritual community much of my early life. And um, oh, you know. so you were you were involved and been a part of spiritual. Yes. W- okay. So <laughs> yes. you are a real like recovering. A real recovering. Whatever. <laughs> hippie uh, daughter of the hippie generation. Um, yeah, and and wanting some of that structure and direction and clarity and and you know stability of of degrees and finance and you know mine pro- pro- you know property. This apartment is mine. This car is mine. This is my job. This is my partner. These are my clothes. I wanted a sense of identity after being you know part of all these spiritual communities you know in Hawaii and just with parents who were so open and to- so expansive to community and what it what it brings when you're really studying healing and transformation at such a deep level constantly and there's no object of this is the thing thing that I do every day and I do it for money and I do it to share the skill that I have you know it's 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 a very different sense of of economy and barter and exchange of energy the current different currencies so i wanted to be you know i wanted to be the reaction to that and then i it felt like i was i didn't quite i couldn't fake it quite enough because i just felt so much more i felt such deeper emotions than the sort of sort of community superficial communities that i was part of which were much more about ambition and success and how you know what was the score you got on this what internship did you do this year what you know? What schools are you looking at for your PhD or for law or for med- medical? And I just I had to go and and let spirit write the story for me so that I could come back and have an integrated sense of a community that can also I can have sovereignty within it. Wow, that's cool. That's uh, that's different. That's different because most of us feel like we're running away from the corporate mentality. Right. Trying to find some <laughs> hippie version that actually works. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying, you actually grew up in a hippie version that maybe it worked, maybe didn't work, but you still went out looking to be of the world. Exactly. Sort of thing. And then you learned m- all of the hard lessons that most of us are still learning mm. that there's something missing. Yes. So you're coming back to your roots, mm-hmm. like all of us. Right. Hmm. And and that I can feel as much at home with <coughs> tribal culture and culture that doesn't speak my language and and you know all these sort of exotic 
sort of memes that we have in the Western world, and especially people who you know, are, have a desk job and kind of dream, daydream about, wow, wouldn't it be so great if I, you know, were out, you know, living with, you know, Maasai or with, you know, Maori or with these, all these ancient cultures, and I had a sense of roots and tradition and a community and a tribe where everyone was sharing labor, was sharing food preparation, was hunting, was taking care of children, and there was a simplicity of life because everyone was in a rhythm as a system. And, you know, seeing that as much at home as I can be in those situations where I'm just living off the land, I can, I can still hold that vibration in the modern world. Like the time of the, you know, the mystic out in the exotic other experience. You know, Edward right. says Orientalism, other. Like it's, you can cultivate that within a modern community. You can. Yeah, I mean, this is why you're on this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we can call it a show, because it, the first time I was introduced by Sam to this network, I was introduced as an urban shaman, and it's hmm. taken me a couple of years to kind of take it on, because for me, shamanism is bridging the inside world and the outside world. Mm-hmm. Like some call it spiritual and material, mm-hmm. which is all the same. Yeah. So doing it in the cities, because... You know, we don't rely on much of the the intelligence is the tradition. Hmm. It's not the habits or the behaviors because there really is a shift in consciousness and it's almost as if the old is dying and mm-hmm. making room for the new with all of the wisdom that's been passed on. Mm-hmm. But it really is up to us. We cannot go back and go, let's throw away money. Let's throw away modern technology. No, we did it. We have invented it. It's us. It's us as a human collective. Let's use it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not the dark ages. We have these beautiful tools at our disposal. You know, and and the human system is the ultimate, you know, ultimate tool. It's the ultimate tool of reflection and, and transmutation and alchemy. You know, and living as a machine with all these humans that have certain skills and parts and they collectively can process what has come before and clear these emotional blueprints and and, uh, diseases and traumas and, you know, terrible things that have happened on our path to the human race that have given us this technology that we have now. Like, let's use... The humans, but let's also use, you know, technology. Let's use computers. Let's, you know, use the fact that we can have the healthiest bodies we can possibly imagine now. And that we're not, you know, in this fight or flight survival. Like everything is taken care of. Our bodies can be for, you know, for growth, for emotion, movement, for art, for spirituality. These are our, you know, these temples that we can use. And we can do that with everything that we have invented to be part of our world, to a- assist us in this community project of evolution. Mm. That's a beautiful vision. Mm. And that is what's happening. So many of us right now that are coming together all come from finance, technology, hippies, whatever you want to, <laughs> you know. Right. We are, we're all coming together again and saying, What's been right? 
what does work and is like you said the human being is the ultimate resource management system mm-hmm. we can when we stop feeling separated and acting as if we are mm-hmm. competing what did William Burroughs say I, I don't know if I could do his accent <coughs> he'd say like humans are the first technology mm. hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. he always stuck with me you know, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Even though we, I have this amazing tool called my called my Android phone, you know that um, it's an amazing it's an amazing thing that connects me with the entire planet of people and things, and I can enjoy it. Right, you know, I can enjoy it. And yet, it's pretty primitive <laughs> compared to the energy system which we come from, which we are all connected to. Mm. So while we pick up the phone and call each other, if we somehow think that it's greater than us. Or bigger than us, we ha- uh, then it's that same feeling that we are separated and we're inventing something. No, we are just recognizing what's already here. Mm. Don't you find that strange that every year everything becomes smaller and smaller and faster? But it all exists from the same thing. Nothing new really is invented. Right. It's our capacity to see and be aware of our interconnectedness yeah. that mm. is launching the new speeds and new apps but it's us mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. we are the Some original are wiring yeah mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. are the original the best technology yeah. and we don't know where to begin don't know how to fit in caught in between the lines fighting this world from inside can't go back we're on a one way track it's been a million miles gone we are speaking of law of reflection. Mm. And yes, when I worked at the Kabbalah Center for six years, I remember that the main, one of the main beefs I could uh, agree with, speaking of reflection, is that with going to the bookstore, there was not too many Kabbalah books written by people outside the organization. Mm. Uh, again, I respect the decisions, whatever, it's all good. I'm not judging at this point, but I remember that even if I am judging, I knew that if I was doing it, I would be doing it differently. So I could feel within me, I didn't like this exclusivity feeling where you walk into a bookstore and it's just all the books were from the people written that are teaching in the center, mm. even though Kabbalah is a widespread and that is why i decided to change the name of the show (laughs) 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 because it really isn't about me even though for a while it was important for me to recognize that i have a voice and that i have the courage and that you know waking up has been about speaking up for me and practicing and cultivating to go from i don't think i'm good enough to i'm not worried about it if i'm good enough or not i have a job to do Hmm. But that took five years. That took six years. It took a while. It took a lot more than that. But actively, I've been actively, the first time I rented a room and said, put up a meetup and say, come, I got something to share. Hmm. That was the first time ever that I said, I want to practice this. I want to share something. I I don't even know what the hell I want to do. But I know that my job is to gather people around Mm. speak 
inspire and see what happens next. So, you know, three years later, when I have my aha moment and going, you know, let's call it what it is. It's a community radio. It's about being community radio. Let's invite other people. It felt so good. It felt so good. And, of course, there was no feeling of, oh, my God, I just, for the past eight months, I've been using my name. It's okay. I love it. It's great. I met with somebody this weekend, and uh, when we were, we just had a full weekend just of community hanging out. And she told me, that's great. We love to see how you keep changing the name. We love to see how you keep trying different things. That is the point. We are all so, or have been, so stuck behind titles and websites mm. and uh, <laughs> uh, credibility, right? We're looking right. for a methodology that works for us. How many times do you guys hear, but I don't know what my message is? Mm-hmm. Right? I, don't know what, I don't know what my niche is. Find your niche. <laughs> the truth is we are the niche. We are the technology. It's about the courage and the patience to say, okay, I'm going to actually do this. And I know that for three years I will not get the feeling that I'm projecting or idolizing or mm-hmm. glamorizing. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. And just going to keep showing up. And then at some point when something happens, it, it has its own energy. It really does. And so tonight is really a great experience for me to kind of hand it over and go, you know what? It's been fun. It's been fun hearing my voice. Hmm. It's been fun knowing that I don't suck. It's been fun kind of living into a childhood fantasy. But I've already lived a third of my life and it's time to pass it on and make it about others. And that feels good. And that feels mature. And but what I really want to say, I don't feel any doubt or shame or any negativity towards all of the years that I was, you know, focused on expressing myself. And, and some may feel like I would make it about myself, but it really wasn't. It was consistent practice of speaking out. It was a practice for you to move beyond the fear of rejection and doubt and those feelings of, you know, yes, I have so many wonderful things to say. I'm, I'm so enlightened. I'm so superior. And then, oh, I'm so inferior. And all these people, you know, they're doing it bigger. And, oh, you know, whatever doubt or, or judgment you have, or jealousy or, you know, you know these these triggers that come up with these dualities you know of like uh, in comparison right you know, to seeing people who are living their dream who are in success and then you know really wanting to know if if what they're doing is if they're doing it authentically if there's a corruption you know and then but then you make it all projection and you don't really get to the core which is you coming into this unfolding of your courage Right. To share. And there's, uh, there's really no attachment to the identity when you're just really holding the space, when you're really celebrating who you are and yeah. who you're, what the community that you're a part of and not thinking of yourself as, oh, I'm, I'm the master of this community, but what, what space can I offer? How can I make people feel more comfortable or, or allow them to just be and be present and and w- watch it all unfold. 
Right, the space of invitation. Yes. Support. I mean, I've been a father now for three years, and almost three years, and I've been doing this in New York, which is most of it, for three years, and it's so sobering to just have, ever since this spring, to have this feeling inside me that, oh, I know what my job is. I'm a father Hmm. in everything that I do. Hmm. All of my decisions are different now. Uh, last week, again, we're talking about community building. So all of these examples for people to kind of take on. So maybe we can, you know, if you have examples from your community, from your doings. But here's a very simple example. I sent out an email last week going, hey, uh, we're going to be around this weekend. The house is there. Now, here's a house that I have been, my family has been paying for every month just knowing that it's important for the community to, to have it. And just a couple of weeks ago, my son was accepted to a school. And with that new bill coming mm-hmm. in next year, I had a fearful thought within myself. Like, well, that's about the price I'm paying for the house. So it would be nice to get the house paid for by the community. Just it would be nice. <coughs> but it really was from a place of fear. But it, it, take me, it took me a little bit of, it took me a couple of days to notice it. Because when I sent out an email saying, hey, it would be great to get your donation for the house. Normal, right? We get it all the time. This is how we keep the space. It took me three days to realize that that's not really me. Mm. As a father, I wouldn't ask my kids for a donation. Mm. I would create the space where they can contribute back. I would talk about money. Mm. I would. I, it's important. But there's a different way of doing it. That, pl- that place was a little bit of a fear place. Like, oh, I got another bill coming. Now let's try. No. Mm. My decision, and I sent out another email, which was my, like, I'm doubling down with the universe. Mm. Just saying, mm. you know what? Forget the money. Just come. You are guaranteed to have this space. Always. It's, that's, that's what we do. It's part of our uh, contribution and service. Places to stay, to be safe. And it felt good. It felt really, really good to just say yes, to keep saying yes to the universe just because I got another big bill. Another th- and that's all nonsense. Mm. I didn't, uh, we didn't get here from a place of fear. Everything has been saying yes and trusting and knowing that our presence and value provides the service. So this is all just this past week, you know, for, for me. And you know what? I'll tell you, I was very surprised the weekend and the and the financial contribution that we did receive was bigger than it would be, I, I swear, than if we did collect per person. <laughs> no, I, I was shocked. Not really, because... Oh, that's, can, that's, that's just less for me to give credit. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> that's fine. But that's, you know what? It's humor and it's funny and it really is funny, but it's true. It's mm. okay. Mm. It, it's not everybody doing the same thing. It's just having the space for people to just be for as long as they need until something happens inside and life comes back and the vitality and the imagination and the support. And then you have another few years to do whatever you need. And we, we catch each other. We find each other. That space, that space that, that you know, talk about Lord reflection. Mm. 
you, you don't know. I mean, you do know. You've been in communities. How many times I get approached by people and saying, I don't feel safe with this person in the group. Mm-hmm. Almost like, you know, what are you doing? Like, how can you allow this person in the group? Right. I'm not feeling safe. And my usual response these days is, I get it. I get it. I really do. And what's next? Yeah. What are we going to do about it? They may not be here forever if that's their wish, if that's something that they are doing. If somebody wants to get banished, they'll get banished. But before we jump on our triggers, let's really embrace them. Let's go and find that hurt place inside of us to go, mm. who, you know, what, where in you are you acting the same yeah. way? Or you have stopped acting that way such a long time ago, but you didn't really heal that part. Mm. You didn't because now it's coming up and you think you're better. To You're take, not. To take accountability for that part that judges, you know, that person. And also to understand, you know, boundaries. And certain people have had, you know, upbringings that, you know, as, as much as you can, you know, love someone, you cannot do what has been done. It's just finding that balance. Right. And as you as a father to just mediate, you know, not like, oh, dad, why did you adopt this, you know, person from this other world, you know, that or that know has all it's doing all these things causing all this chaos why did you bring them in you know out of the cold but let's look at this let's feel it let's really give it a chance let's give it a chance and and get to a point when we we understand that you know what we can offer and what what we can't and not go beyond yeah yeah and 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 actually i've always you know i've noticed and I've, i've really transformed my my the way i see people now, especially wounded when they come into a community, it's just that you always have to remind, I remind myself and I remind others that everyone has a backstory mm-hmm. to every behavior that, that, that is being displayed. There's mm-hmm. always a reason. There's never a non-reason. And beautiful. <coughs> and what I've found now, just for three years, it's not that long, I've really found, honestly, first of all, boundaries are important. Safety is, ne- is a necessity. And when we are honest and truthful with each other, what happens is if, let's say we have a person now that people are triggered by and they go, oh no, I don't like the way it feels. So tap me out and tap me into you. Heal my brain and my body too. Balance my chemistry, hydrate these cells cause the Body talks and meditation helps. The body talks and meditation helps. Oh, 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 Building community <laughs> triggers. So, to continue on the story. People come and say, hey, this person is triggering me. I don't feel safe. What the hell are we doing here? What's wrong with you, Aurea? This is not good. What I found out in my experience that when we get, A, we examine the law of reflection mm-hmm. and we go, hold on a second. Where is my little brother in it? Who is it within me that I don't like? Where is that part in me that needs a little attention that's afraid that still being this way somehow or I've got it under control and I don't ever want to see it again? And then mm. to really talk to the person, maybe not immediately. Maybe not all the time, but to ha- that's what community rituals are for, to speak, to share. And guess what? From my experience, 
if you tell a person, listen, I don't like to be treated that way. I don't like when you talk too much. I don't like whatever it is. It doesn't, it's not nourishing for me. If they are a case of what we may call uh, it, they're not safe or it's just not good for the community, they will leave. People always, they will leave on their own. They really would. If we continue, come back and say, this is what's happening. This is what's bothering us. We don't like it. They always leave. Hmm. But when you give people space to just go, hey, you can be okay. You can be who you are. But just so you know, we don't like it. Take, take your time. Do your thing. But we don't like it. The, or what it is is it says it says this is what's happening and this is the effect that it's having yeah. and so you should just know and I think even for me I even said I've said to the group a number of times you know I understand that what's coming out of me has an effect you know and I can be I can be aggressive and you know and it just comes out and it can come out messy but then but then to just take responsibility and say yeah I, I can see how that affects you and you and you and and it's like okay I don't have to grovel for forgiveness. Right. You know, it's just, it's just, we all do affect one another. Right. And it's just, it's that little, it's sometimes it's just like that little 2%. If you just, if you're in that social awareness enough, say, okay, I'm affecting others. And, and but I need help. Right. You know, it can also be, I need help. And they're not asking for the help that they really need. Because, it, because I find that when, once a person asks for what they need and they really do it everyone else just there's a there's a switch that flips and it says in a sense like okay well then continue the behavior that you're doing but now we're all aware and we don't have to polarize you and Mm. me and make it wrong and then everyone's yeah and as i have been more direct as a father (coughs) because it's my responsibility to be direct otherwise i'm selfish something that our friend uh, introduced Mm -hmm. me to as I'm being more direct, I can look at the people in the eye as I'm direct and I can see that they have this choice to make that they usually make. Do I want to be right or do I want to be nurtured? Mm. Mm. Because somehow they can still feel the love and the support and the ultimate trust that a, a community has to offer. And a community, any community, is what? As a harmonized group group of people that support one another that lives in harmony with nature and itself Mm -hmm. and people have room and people have space and people have roles and yes it does it does take time to build but we've done it all before and we have it all we really do we can do it now so while these people come in and out i'm not I, I really am. I'm not that worried about. I know this. I've been. I say to people sometimes in in uh, uh, ceremony spaces, where I've had some people tell me, "Hey, Oria, you can let me know what boundaries you want to keep with me. Don't worry. Just tell me." My actual response is usually, "I don't need boundaries. I need maturity." Mm, the only boundary is your intuition. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And with that vision and heart space that's so real, the wounds, the, the, the problems, whatever, the issues, they melt away. They really, really do. There's nothing that love cannot heal. Hmm. There really isn't. There really isn't. Yeah. Love and space. The space you know, for all those triggers, all those friction experiences, 
to soften you know through that person whoever you know is goes from is being pinpointed or targeted as okay this is these are some these are you know your behaviors and these are the consequences and you know certain people have come to a certain you know under a, fe- a f- feeling as a reaction of your behavior and with more awareness without that oh i need to be right or or a story about oh well this is just the way i am i can't change you know whatever story instead of the scudding into story and creating more perpetuating that story sinking in with it and asking yourself well how much do i do i want to change do i want to be someone who feels nourished and supported in this community or, or in another you know if is it, is this the right fit for me or you know it, it's it's there's there's a give and take to that sinking in and at the same time i also think that you know one of the things i think we're integrating as community <clears throat> is we're moving away from being social mm. because a lot of times socialness in you know in community i think are kind of intrinsically mixed and i find that being social oftentimes is all about a, it's kind of like an agreed avoidance <laughs> you know it's like all right we'll all just kind of agree to avoid and and so i think we're all learning yeah Yeah, we're all learning to be like hey wait a minute there's a way that we can address everything there is (laughs) a way in my head it's because there is absolute way that we can address everything that everyone feels included seen supported because in in essence also you know as you even said a few minutes ago it's like bringing someone in out of the cold that that's our job that is our job. There is no, there's no soul out there that is not worthy or worth love and transformation and their own, their own magic. You know, we're, we're, we're there to see that person in their own magic for themselves. You know, and, and sometimes they need the other, some of the other stages where we're kind of infusing them with our magic, mm. you know, and our, and our beingness. And so, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's such an actually such an exciting learning curve for me. Like you even commented, I think it was today. You said I, I you know, like like I feel like I've jumped in with both feet in, into community, and, and I'm and it's not something I'm used to, like jumping in with both feet. But I'm finding it's it's so enlightening. It, enlightening. It's just like oh, there's something new here. Standing in front of the refrigerator with three people is an enlightening experience to me. It's like, oh, what do I do? Is you know what I mean? It's like, do I take care of their fridge? Do I do I want to close the fridge? Do I do I want to steal food that's not mine? <laughs> you know, do I, you know, or do I want to entitle myself to what someone else is making for themselves? You know, or do I want, you know, it's like all these things that are happening simultaneously yeah. just standing in front of a refrigerator, yeah. you know, it's with other people. They carry always she's sometimes she's appalled by how I do eat out of people's fridges. <laughs> and, and she is. She's like. She just like looks at me, and I have this thing in me where I'm like, I love to share. Like I'm, a, you know, I'm okay with people uh. eating my food. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a mitzvah over here. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's, it's true. Maybe it's a little stretch, but it, that's actually how I feel. And mm. I think it's important to know to know that. Like I used to, I used to steal as a kid. Like I used to get caught by my rabbi stealing from whatever. 
the tzedakah box, which is the charity box. <laughs> nice. And, yeah. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, they drilled it into me that I'm a thief and I'm a liar. And it took me a long time and a long journey to be at a place where I feel like I'm actually <laughs> blessing someone by taking their food. Right, and it's not a sense of entitlement, you know. Right. It's like, wow, I... I love that I can share, right. that I have the abundance to share, that I have a beautiful home and that, you know, th- there was food constantly, P- you know, Carrie would come out with another amazing thing and, you know, feeling like, wow, I can go into this fridge and we can all collaborate on something, Yeah, you know, for the community made by the community. There's, there's nothing that brings community back the way the stomach does and your mm. hunger and appetite. Yeah, Carrie. Carrie told me the other day how she, we talked about the house and we talked about bills and we talked about things and she said, you know, when, when I buy food, it's really important to me to buy the same food that I buy normally for the house, for the kid and you mm-hmm. and me. It's important for me to buy the same thing. Like, I don't want to think about prices. I don't want to think about... I said, yeah, of, uh, of course. Although knowing that where I come from, that really wasn't the case. But just to feel her, like, she was just looking at me saying, it's, it, this is important to me as, you know, the mother of right, the this quality. family. It's important <laughs> to me to, to, be, to be able to feel good, to feel, uh, to be, to feel to the permission to just spoil b- because I believe that it's all good. And I love that this is a real conversation in our lives. I believe in the good things coming, 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 coming. I believe in the good things coming, 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 coming. We are at the second hour of being community radio. We usually are much more loose and relaxed in the second hour. You may get a laugh here and there. Can we shut that water off thing? I hear it in my headphones. I forgot to do it during the break. See, I just wanted to get everybody moving. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so let we're going to talk to Rose a little bit more about her taste of drowning. Just a little bit. Because did, you, did, you did tell us the highlights. But we want to know a little more, you know, what's, <laughs> what worked. What, what, like, like the, everybody's got that little heartbreak. That, you know, trying to leave and trying to find their home. But I also, so whatever you want to share about that journey, about leaving and, mm. uh, and what you didn't like. And then what worked? What worked in the different communities? Give us some, tell mm. the world who just fantasizes about community or has a lot of heartbreak from community. What have you seen that does work? Mm. That's a, a really good question. A lot of my, my going out at first into the unknown was solo and kind of dipping into farms, you know, internationally doing woofing work. Um, woofing? I, woofing, world, you know, worldwide opportunities for organic farmers. So a lot of organic farming, a lot of people who are doing some sort of craft, making candles, making, you know, um, baking bread, making, you know, f- a lot of food-based you know, applesauces and nut butters and versus in Italy and that was such a nourishing experience that's when I was writing was really really heavily I took a bike trip and went over the Alps and all in down into Italy and that was really just coming connecting to my roots and 
and writing this the story in the process. Oh, give us give us a little bit of the visual. Okay. How old are you? I'm 21. 22. And did um, you buy a bike? Did you? I bought a bike in Munich and went all through Bavaria and um, to Lake Constance, which is on the border with Sweden or Switzerland and uh, Germany and Italy. And then I went down the Swiss French border to Geneva. And then up over Grand St. Bernardo Pass, which is snowy. On a bicycle. On a bicycle. And how, how long did this take? Uh, the whole trip was two months, living on my bike with paneers and tent <coughs> and sleeping bag and my laptop. What did your parents think? <laughs> well, my mom has just always been so incredible and so supportive of all my adventurings, all my wanderlust. Um, and, you know, my uncle, he, he just knows I'm so much like him. That, and he was so wild and just had to go off and see the world and experience everything about life. I've just been such an experience where I need to feel everything. And he, you know, they just, they just know that I'm, I'm safe, that I've had really incredible blessings on my journeys. And, you know, I've been alone a lot, but then I land at the right moment in such a perfect nurturing place just when I need it. Um, so that was my first, one of my first odysseys I, you know, I, I really enjoyed. And, um, you know, I had also been in the Himalayas for six months the year before, and that was a huge... By yourself? Mm-hmm. So no Sherpa or... No Sherpa. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I connect <laughs> with people. I just connect with communities wherever I go, whether it's... You what know, made you decide to go to the Himalayas? Um, well, it was actually for... I was I was getting credit for school. I wanted to study um, Buddhist cosmology about time and spirituality and tantra. And I'm looking specifically at artwork and um, stupa architecture and sort of the psychocosmogram in Jungian philosophy of how we sort of map the layers of um, the mind, body, soul, spirit system. Whoa, whoa, what did we talk about the last hour? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I just, you know, I've just been on the, I've, ha- I've been thirsty. That's the bottom line. I've been thirsty for the divine, for, for consciousness my whole life. I just, I just can't get enough. I just am parched and I wanted to experience it as many ways as I can alone so that I could come back into communities with story. And I've always had this vibration of being the prodigal daughter. Like, you know, it's, it's prodigal energy of like, wow, I go out and I have these incredible experiences that people can't even, it's stranger than fiction and you can't make up these stories. And that's you know, why I would have to write a book about it and then you know, people would be like, okay, this is like fairy tale or fantasy or mythology that is coming out. But you know, it's, it's hard to believe. Um, you asked, though, what, what works the best? Oh, hold on. Before okay. we go there, I just want to <laughs> recognize. When you say prodigal, is that comes from the word prodigy? Yeah. Okay. So the prodigal story, the mythical, the mythica. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I know I'm not the only one. It's, there's at least, uh, Edmund will agree with me, but I believe that there is hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people out there that actually feel that. We are born into a very special time, and we all have this, not, maybe not all, maybe not all, but a lot of us, we do feel prodigal, how do you say it? Mm-hmm. Prodigal. Yeah, we actually feel it. We don't talk about it a lot. Yeah, because it's the whole Siddhartha. Yeah, we all want that quest of going out and having this epic 
experience of being immersed in life and not just reading about it or watching a movie about it or you know getting a lecture about it like i was in classrooms you know for 22 years and or you know for first 5 years was in the jungle in hawaii and living it, all this m- you know this myth this mysticism and then you know uh, after that there was a structure and i w- my imagination was so fired from the charge of w- how i'd come in and and then i want it was just so thirsty i just devoured every book every every story every everything i could and then it was like wait no i really i need to experience and every everything is about experience and as a human moving through patterns embodying different patterns learning really learning patterns and increasing that pattern complexity through what you actually take in with your the spell of your sensuous experience of life with your senses with the sensuosity and nothing can compare to being at the top of a mountain and actually being there and not just watching someone else, a picture of someone else doing it or, you know, being on the cliff above an ocean and jumping off, jumping off a waterfall, jumping off of something, leaping into the unknown, taking that quantum leap. It's a, it's a physical quantum leap you have to take or, or just surrendering when you have no idea where you're going to sleep that night and you're cold and it's pouring rain and something happens like spirit intervenes and it's just a vibration you can't chart it it's like it just emerges organically so that's i mean that's what has allowed me to trust living in community when i get come back to it it's like you know it's i yes i still have this wanderlust i'll always go out and get stories but it's the feeling of gathering once i've expanded so much and coming back to that hearth and having somewhere where I work in the dirt and I put seeds in the soil and they turn into food and I can prepare a meal with people I love, you know, for you know, a special occasion, or, you know, f- for people I love and sit and tell a story and dance and you know, tell jokes and sing and pray and help people, you know, with what I've learned on the road. Mm. I think I think though also like if you like I, li- I often like to distill things into essence and really what you're saying and 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 as I listen to you and I and I'm watching you you know you're you're being an example mm-hmm. you're being an archetype and and people need archetypes and archetypes create they they create a sense of permission to experience and also create a, a sense to feel because because to experience anything is to feel something mm. and it's not that the person listening needs to you know pack up their bags and go to the himalayas but but pack up something to feel something to to make choices in their life that create the feelings that they want bring them closer to joy yes it's this weekend <coughs> Never have I experienced the importance, almost the need, unfortunately and fortunately, for getting lost. For, mm. pe- for somehow in this culture, when I see people coming in, doing their thing, and kind of faking it. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know, they're doing it, but they're not, you know. And my biggest prayer is that life wouldn't teach anyone uh, using their health. 
you mm. know, because usually mm. if we don't listen, mm. we don't pay attention, we get sick. Mm. And I like it. I'm excited when somebody feels lost, when somebody feels like there's no options anymore. They just mm. don't know what to do. I, I'm excited because they're in our presence and I know how good it is. And I know how important it is because then everything you get to do is to build on your own. Is yeah. to build block by block, nerve by nerve, behavior by behavior, being supported by community. And so, yes, pack something, change something, leave something, break something, or life will do it for you. In the moon of the budding trees, I was gifted new eyes to see. All of the shift and shape and ways you can be Wake the dreams into realities Wake the dreams into realities Rose, you've been traveling, you've been going a lot of places, but there is something within you. There is a book that you are publishing this fall, and you've been wanting to publish for a while. And I don't know your background but i know that where i grew up in new york city i guess in israel but new york city was my teenage and upwards to write a book or to do anything well there was always this feeling like you need to be discovered you got to know somebody oprah has got to put you on whatever it may be and i know that's really holding a lot of people back but the truth is as kickstarter and everything else is showing us community is the new oprah hmm. really you telling us about your book about you know what it is for and why you wrote it does make a difference it it will make a difference to the hundreds of thousands and millions of people who have something to say and have something to learn not just for the people who will benefit from your book by whatever lessons you may want to share but just for the fact that you are publishing it everybody's got a phone now everybody's got a kindle it's 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 conscious the difference between 10 people reading your book and a million people reading your book is consciousness alone hmm. it's what you are seeing possible for yourself so tell the world a little bit about why you wrote the book and whatever you want to share sure well this book as you can probably hear in the title the t- taste of drowning the taste of drowning it's my first real exploration of the shadow and of deep emotion. Uh, It turns out I have quite a lot of that and a lot to be transmuted and redeemed through story. I'm not not talking about superficial story. I'm talking about the tantra of story. And I, I hesitate to use that word because it is so overused in spiritual culture but as someone who spent you know a long time six months studying tantra in nepal at a very young age and studying it my whole life born into tantra community in in hawaii um i think i i I really understand that it's, it's very little about what people think it's about and it's much more just about weaving weaving story that's what it means weaving with spirit so when when you're answering spirit's call and 
it's it's really just me playing with this incredible story that's been my life and looking at it and looking at some of the the darker parts of it and looking at um, generational wounding. Um, I come from you know the gener a generation break of wounded healers um, who went into the world of sort of new age spirituality and commun went into community and healing in order to you know, do some of the inner work. And they, they understood that it was all an inside job. So it kind of starts talking about my parents and it's, it's this kind of very cheeky comic but very also very positive and very deep and warm at the same time sort of omniscient voice of my 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 parents story of meeting and being part of these communities and me coming in and it has a lot of you know interesting language I, it's it's kind of like a very long lyrical poem i play with alliteration and i'm really letting the words go on an adventure it's much more about the adventure of language than the language you use to tell an adventure, to tell an adventure story. I did this, I did this, I did this. I'm playing with alliteration, I'm playing with syntax, I'm playing with repetition and like painting this incredible metaphorical image with the whole story. And the, the conceit throughout the story is the, the fractured fairy tale that appears as a chapter at the end of every section. And this, I intend to create another book that's the fully fleshed out version um, but this is sort of the taste of the other story this this backstory and it's about the TikTok crocodile from Peter Pan as a woman it's a princess in the 16th century it starts in the 16th century in Europe and it's all about alchemy transformation and she's the she um, she swallows a philosopher's stone, the clock, and in order to become the master of time, she has to go through all these lessons. That's what she has to do to regain her human form, become a woman, enter into womanhood. Um, so it's really about a woman's journey into womanhood and what it takes, the transformation of deep wounding, deep, you know, abuse, trauma, like some deep psychological issues, um, and how to forgive and redeem. And you know, in the story, her father is a m metaphor for, you know, it's, he appears as the archetype of Captain Hook. Mm. And it's really understanding that the, you know, that there's something in her that has to embody all of these different reptilian deities and all these different mythologies that um, will help her become the master of time and learn about the cosmology the calendar of of all these different cultures so that's you know that's the fairy tale is okay it starts in the 16th century there's you have this princess you have like all this sort of you know people who are studying you know there's this hunt for you know all these alchemists trying to create the philosopher's stone and create immortality and turn lead into gold and um, you know this, all these kings are trying to get it and she has it it's like been given to her um, by the lo the woman who helped create it who's her tutor um, and she grows up in a you know this 
cloister of wise women and away from the um, the court, and then she has to go back once she's received it. It like, happens when she's 13. She receives the stone. She has to keep it safe, and you know her father is the king, and it's like this whole dynamic of like I really get at this these deep emotions of the the feminine of deep feelings of fight or flight and really get at the reptilian brain of what it is to be a woman and um that feeling of like wow i'm the predator and i'm the prey at the same time but i'm i'm not allowed to be the predator and that's why she becomes a crocodile is she's in this reptilian brain and it's that's when it's triggered um and then the journey of like wow okay studying I've always loved mythology, so I know a lot about mythology and her adventure of meeting these different, you know, crocodile deities and in in Egypt and understanding Egyptian um, cosmology and um, going into you know Taoist and Chinese serpent and understanding or Chinese you know understanding the dragon and the rainbow serpent and Aboriginal dream time and all these different tribal understandings of time. Um, and it has, you know, it has a very long, that in itself is just the conceit, like the story within the story. The frame story is my story. It's, and it's, it's charming. It has so many strange nuances of what it is to grow up. It's so alternative, so alternative. I mean, we're talking alternative, but I mean, I, until I was 11 years old, I thought a cookie was a slice of apple with you know, I, like that's literally what like my life was so alternative. I was I really grew up in wild, and then the slow progression into socialization and trying to fit in, and how uncomfortable that was, and then breaking free again. And what was the most uncomfortable? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, the. The un- the experience waking up to being a girl and feeling attraction, feeling desire, and fear, such terror of rejection, of acceptance, of having to keep you know keep my own lust, my own desire, my own yearning for for love and and connection keeping that dormant when I had so much trauma to move through before I was allowed I would grant myself permission to experience that kind of timelessness mm. so that was really you know the thank you thank you the for the hardest part <laughs> sharing that I know <laughs> that, yeah it, it's it's that you're representing you are the law of reflection mm. so you're talking to a lot of you out there yeah and when they get the book and uh, I definitely know that there must be an audio version for your book because yes, and you right. must be the n- reader <laughs> so it's just it, it, it's helpful it's really 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 helpful and all of your gifts and your journey of fear t- towards courage and now releasing it into community or building mm. it with community and with that what have you seen that does work? What can you tell us? You came to visit us and perhaps you will see her again and we'll grow together. Uh, but what can you tell us? You came for the weekend. Hmm. 
Mm. Now, what works? What can what can you teach us from yes. your travels? And well, it it all comes back to the women in community. That's really <laughs> that's one thing I can really I, I get now. And as you know, someone who's a woman who's been kind of pretending to be not you know, like either some sort of androgynous spirit or creature or <laughs> I just kind of want to witness and be the TikTok crocodile sometimes and just kind of watch the whole scene unfold and be the love, also be the rose. Um, but then, you know, when the rose really like wants to, you know, bloom, you can feel what comes out for women in terms of jealousy and in terms of um, envy and when those states come up, it's really up to that father and the strong men, the, you know, the man gods, uh, just these masculine, very aware and very nurturing men who are very heart-centered for them to be able to hold the space, to be able to acknowledge and celebrate and let allow these women to shine in their unique gifts. And 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 see how together they can they can create a synergy that's mm, that's compassionate that's efficient as a system that's integrative um and that's that's authentic you know bringing bringing these different traits of different women together for a common purpose and that's what i you know that's what i saw you know it's like wow okay we have the nurturer we have this like very warm m mother energy, that archetype in the home. We have like, you know, sort of the like Kali Pele wild woman who's just, you know, kind of like, okay, we don't want to like catch on fire, but you know, we love that fire too. And then we have, you know, this sort of the, the earth, like nurturing, you know, more watery energy. We have air, you know, it's like bringing all these elements together and letting the women you know, come into a shared experience of that that's nurturing. And we had, we all went down to the river, and I think that was such a powerful moment in the whole journey of the weekend. You know, bringing it like, okay, I, you know, forge the way to the river, and then we can all go in, and we can all enjoy, and we can swim, we can be dancing, we can just be on the edge of the river, you know, just put like putting clay on our feet. And for women to feel beautiful and to feel like they can shine and be useful also and purposeful mm. yeah so that's what i saw that worked <laughs> that worked well you know just the way of the the nurturing and the food and you know that was that was the most beautiful part about your community that i've noticed so so far So just uh, to kind of dovetail on what you're saying about um, the women, the women, you know, over the weekend. And, you know, this this me coming into community uh, as an experience, definitely another experience, another paradigm, experiencing another paradigm of the relationship between men and women. And, mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes and I and I and 
you know, I, I tend to have, for me, like I, I kind of like to keep a pulse in a sort of mass consciousness sense. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they really, they really, you know, they want to categorize this in the sense of like hippieism. Like there's, there's something mm-hmm. inherently wrong with it. It's hippieism. And I'm just, you know, flatly saying that's not the way it is. Because my, like, even my experience over the weekend about just watching the women and, like, you know, like, I came down to the river and I was not really interested in participating. I just wanted to, I really wanted to just watch. <laughs> and, <laughs> and okay. you know, yeah, and it's just like, and I realized that, you know, typically, you know, even my, you know, myself, you know, like, I'm, I'm cultured as a male person. It's like, Cultured into women are it's they're they're these physical vehicles for procreation and pleasure and nurturing and it's kind of like that's kind of it and and mm. and it's like this locked in thing that many men really have they don't really even realize that they're locked into it and um, you know a lot of times I think even for me in that in that sense of like let's call it like social sexuality you know like as a male person like I'm like I live in New York City and there's all this kind of like free-floating sexuality everywhere. Like you walk down the street or you're in the subway and it's just kind of going back and forth. And at some point, I, I said to myself, you know, that person, that, that woman over there, she looks, she looks really nice. I, I'd actually ra- much rather have her like invite me to her home and just kind of like, like nurture me or hold me or, 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 or talk to me, you know, and, and take, like and take sex out of the equation mm-hmm. you know as an experience like just can we just can we just couch that and all of a sudden it was just like boom it was like it was like this dimension opened up of like of like real equality <laughs> there's another half of the population right there yeah <laughs> i know you know and 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 realizing like in community like really the the equal the true equality between men and women and, and and how embarrassed in a certain internal sense of like how i have not lived that myself you know as much as i want to be loving and nurturing as a male person i just like wow i still have these parts of myself that look at women as like in in limited ways mm-hmm. you know and it's like when when women gather together in that intelligence it's just like it's like time to shut it's yeah. time to shut up. Yep. And that's what used to be so threatening. That's yes. why we, we would literally try to the suppress witches, it. Right. Practices. Yeah. Right. You know, there's something sacred that can't be, like, there's something sacred that can't be defined happening when women gather in nature in some sort of sacred expression, artistic expression. And, just being alive. Just being alive. Yes. Mm. Um, but he, I'm. I'm really. I'm proud of you for experiencing that. And it was such a beautiful dance with you know with both of you. Just like wow. Okay, they're here and they can hold. They can witness and they can be present and maybe they can feel aroused or excited at you know this experience. But it's not their place really. Like this is an experience of the women and they can you know protect and and witness but it's women's business it's really women's business um and you know you you talk about okay like you 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 know this lower nature part of you sees women as for procreation and pleasure that's the base right 
I mean, for women, women, I, I mean, I could talk about this forever, but it's a cycle. You know, women move through all these different archetypes constantly and let alone on their cycle, they're moving through, you know, the, the maiden, mother, priestess, crone archetypes every week. It changes. And, you know, we've, in our culture, we've been taught to really only give attention to, you know, virgins, to women who are, you know, hot and young and on the bud of adolescence and, you know, attractive and vehicles of pleasure because they're attractive and their bodies are young and they're very light and they don't have all this baggage or any shadow or drama. And mother, which is all nurturing, which is, you know, procreates for procreation and, and nurturing for you and your offspring. What we forget is that once women ovulate, they're in, in the dark part of the moon and they're in the priestess energy and it's some of the most powerful energy for creating intention for mm-hmm. manifesting mm-hmm. Um, through you know, just the power of word through the emotion through you know, what comes out and what can be focused during that time and given direction. I'm just, I'm just so excited, actually, t- because what not you're too s- excited. Yeah, not too <laughs> excited. <laughs> Wait, let, me, let me check. In your no. heart. No, so excited in your no, heart. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's because what I've foreseen, what I see in the future, the future of our culture, of our world, is not the emergence of more, more like male leaders who are enlightened, but, but the emergence of, of couples. Mm-hmm. Of men and women, or like male. Let's call it. Let's call it male female aspect. Because let's just be clear. The way I see, even in gay relationships, I see male and female aspects. You know, playing themselves out within whatever body vehicle that person has. But but coming together as as power couples, yes. like it's just like what you're saying. Like I'm sweating. I'm literally sweating at what you're saying. Like about the power of manifestation. You know, the male carries the power of vision. Right. You know, and the excitement for vision, the passion for vision, but 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 the woman is the is the earth, the essence, the material. She is the she's the mystical into the material, and so I, it's yeah, it's it's like this is where we can, this is where as a planet we can have everything that we want, and everything works for everyone, in the simplest way, and everyone like literally just wakes up and goes, wow, it's really that much. It's just that simple. Yeah. You know, and then like, you know, we're melting Kalishnikovs and like, you know, turning them into something else. So well, I mean, that's why it's love is the ultimate transformation. I and mean, that's what we're all looking for. That's why we've, you know, we have these fairy tales and these mythologies and these legends of, of these ineffable experiences of, you know, love at first sight and ever after and love's first kiss and you know, it's it's really coming into that understanding of of the machine of union and the filtering mechanism that happens through that. Um, you know, we're we're all ha- being asked to to be sovereign and to plug in and to really root as deep as we can remember to cleanse as much as we can ancestrally mm-hmm. and culturally and you know from past lives and you know. To, to bring it all in, it's like, okay, I just empty, you know, empty out a bucket. It's like having a dehumidifier and you just have to empty the bucket every time. <laughs> it's like, okay, I can process, I can take in, you know, some more of this, you know, the, the moisture in the air and, or whatever it's, it's coming out. And, you know, keeping that channel 
and uh, open so that that can happen and also filtering that channel within a system that's meant to, that's designed not only for pleasure but for creating a machine of intention hmm. and that's what it's for i mean that's what the art that emerges you know in union and you know in love and that's ultimately what my why you know i'm i'm writing i wrote yet another fairy tale because it's it's different when you understand it from the perspective of redemption, reflection, moving through these ordeals, these trials by fire, these crucibles. Literally, I mean, it's it's alchemy is a crucible that you're creating all these reactions within, in the hope that you're transmuting something base into something divine, and from lead to gold. You know, it's every spiritual lineage has some some version of this you know tao and you know qigong taoism has you know your jing is your your lowest your most dense energy and you transmute jing to qi to shen which is understand is is the feminine aspect of mind it's like the receptive mind that can be so subtle and can just kind of reach for the dream to evoke it and dream it awake and then i mean wu wei is the ultimate but it's all about these systems of alchemy that's why i I study this in my book i mean it's a it's a crocodile going on this adventure for 300 years embodying studying really educating and drawing out this inherent mythology about sacred union about the alchemy of sacred union and every culture has a version of this and the time of you know doing it all alone and you know being alone and you're 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 having your castle and having your things and having it all you're living your life by yourself is over or having you know multiple partners it's over it's like okay like what can i work through with one person over one lifetime and, you know, of course, having other aspects, being in community, that's why it's important to have a partnership, but also be in a community and have brothers and sisters and have you know, people that can move, you know, offer, offer, tri- a, you know, synergy or, or a triad or, you know, a, sort of <laughs> that Holy Spirit energy to, okay, like, let's hold this other vibration. You know, in my story, it's Captain Hook. It's that archetype of that father that's also alive in her of this wickedness that she has to redeem and you know in order to transmute to you've said redeem redemption a number of times and i i i think for myself and anyone listening it's such a powerful word mm. and it, it's i'd like to unpack it a little bit sure i don't know if we want to wait or you yeah, could yeah, what, do you, what do you minutes, what do you yeah. think what, tell me what what redemption is for mm. you it's it's a revelation <laughs> it's it's moving through an octave of consciousness where the old is no longer ser- it no longer serves so there has to be a rewiring there has to be a reprogramming and that leap into that n- that to jump to that next octave of consciousness there has to be a letting go and a being lost you know, okay, I surrender. I have, I'm humbled. I, 
I, I amend, I, you know, I, I, whatever vibrations that have caused all this suffering in my body that I took on or that I created, I, I undo them. And it's a spell. It's that, you know, okay, I'm done. But even, you know, even so I've seen, you know, in that, um, within that system, you know, like what we're being redeemed for, like whatever those choice, like you're, you're kind of inferring like, like a kind of negative karma that you're bringing in a sense. Yes. You know, negative experiences (coughs) that are not pleasant or or favorable and you can't enjoy like like a set of choices a person has made that has led them into a certain reality that isn't working for them. Exactly. And sometimes I contend though, that that's actually part of the learning curve as well. Of course. It's not, but it's, it's not, not, it's not fun. wrong. It's not always fun, but it's not wrong. Right. Like to, it's, it's not wrong. So, and right. then there is the global redemption, right? The fact that I'm an Israeli Jew in New York, spirit, practicing spirituality and building community, and yet I'm redeeming my tribe, my people for suppressing and you know, killing mm. other people mm-hmm. for the sake of power of some kind. So there is the redemption that we all do as human beings towards each other. Mm. We are all brothers and sisters who are still killing each other. And I'm excited with, about what you call redemption, a revelation, a revelation mm. in, of free, loving spirit. So tap me out and tap me into you Heal my brain and my body too Balance my chemistry, hydrate these cells Cause the body talks and meditation helps The body talks and meditation helps During the break, Rose, you just said It's a book, but I want people to be embodying it is that true? Yes. Can you tell us a little sure. more? Sure. Well, um, movement, movement therapy, dance, yoga, you know, fit wellness, fitness, embodiment, movement, momentum have been such a huge part of my life, and and so much more than just working out my physical. It's been so much more about the emotional processing and. The transformation, uh, that that radical discontinuity experience that happens when you are deep in breath work and moving your body in new patterns that are uncomfortable. And I've been developing a, a methodology of taking people through this evolutionary journey, uh, through this reptilian to, to mammalian to to the first moment that we stood on our hind legs and reached up for a fruit in a tree and what that felt like and how that's the root of the word shaman actually I mean mm. calm is people don't it's a really interesting etymology but it's you know sam sham and sam samana is to know but then part of the tungus language is the word calm which is to leap up from four legs to two legs and so li- shaman really m- literally means to leap up and know the divine. Mm. And if you think of the, you know, the, the gen- Genesis story of Adam and Eve, it's, you know, it's reaching up for a fruit. And the serpent, you know, it's not outside of her. And there's, there's two. It's the kundalini. And it's that movement 
uh, towards evolution, towards transformation. And what I'm really embodying through, through gesture and through, you know, just the way I move and being part of so many communities where dance and movement and, are such a part of the purgation process in these, you know, spiritual communities and communities where the purpose is growth and evolution. It's it's moving. It's it's this sort of tribal, indigenous, a primal energy that comes out. This beast unleashing. So I've been developing this methodology where I actually take people on this journey. You know, and I I move through all the patterns that have that have led to the human body being in the shape that it is in and why and why it makes sense, why it makes so much sense for humans to farm. It just, it just makes sense. Our, the proportion of our arms to you know, work in the soil, to bend over that way, to pull things out of the soil that we can eat, to reach and forage and hunt and gather, like that's what our body is designed for. And once like that nourishment, that base level is taken care of, and we no longer need war, you know, the, the, the shape of the body thus far has all been food acquisition, defense, and, you know, and, and lovemaking has been a huge part of it, procreation, but lovemaking can be so many things now, and really feel that dance and movement, you know, are, are huge parts of how we're going to evolve to the next octave. I keep talking about this octave, but it's really reaching for it. So, what can unwind when we start to listen to that transformation to the what's happening in the body and what the emotional you know what experiences that are part of our reptilian brain or some some issue of jealousy or or you know fight or flight or wanting to just bite someone's head off or you know or you know take advantage of them in some way it's you know, it's like, oh, hey, how do I get to that part and really embody that beast in me and free it, give it total permission, give it total reign. And, you know, I get people growling and, and making and howling and making noises and just getting that out, getting that out, you know, it, 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 celebrating. It's not like, oh, I want to, like, push this out of me. It's like, OK, <coughs> let's just this is you have granted you permission to be there too, be in your beast, be in your monster, be in the crocodile. You know, and, and it's it's something that I've I've begun to experience over the last nine or so months through what's oh the oh, okay um, and that is I'm seeing animals in a different light. Hmm. I'm seeing animals as really like a gift of aspect of consciousness that each of, each of those animals actually carries. And I, I, you call it they call it animal medicine, but to really actually see it, you know, like to be around a, a domesticated animal or a cat or a dog and, and really understand what vibration are they giving to me? What, 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 what about that dog makes me want to touch that dog? And, and there's, a, there's a relational field within it. And all, I think it's like all animals are offering that to us. You know, it's like, and <clears throat> it's really, um, it's like there's a permission. Mm. You know, because we've also like just as much as I, I've said, you know, males making distinctions about, you know, f about feminine roles. I think I've also made distinctions about animals as well. You know, animals are <laughs> animals are food mm -hmm. um, and something else. And but now it's there's more of a dynamism to an animal to me. There's something dynamic there that that is connecting me to something greater than myself. 
and so and and also to give myself permission like one of the things like it's so funny you say you've been developing a system i've also been developing a system i feel like i've i'm being gifted with this de- with it continually showing up and um a friend of mine and i we were talking about uh, the sphinx hmm. the sphinx is a combination between a man a dog and a lion and those are three aspects of beingness. You know, we always think of the lion. The lion is the king of the jungle. You know, and like and and to and to practice this energy of being king and being king of your own world. You know, to to being absolutely fearless and and everything is yours for the taking. You know, there's something there for you to be deciphered and to be sifted through your humanity. But it's it's called permission. I have permission to have my dreams come true. Yes. And they are. And they are, you know, and the dog, you know, one of the things about dog is heart and loyalty and playfulness and innocence, Mm. you know, and then the human is the integration of all these things, the intelligence. No, I'm not going to go bite a person (laughs) because, because they're in my field and they don't belong there, you know, but I'm going to like, you know, it's, it's, it's all this, it's this dance and you always talk about the dance, you know, so, um, yeah, just these animal aspects, you know, to give people, like, give yourself, it's so funny, like, even in acting class, when I'm in acting class, and we'll do an exercise, and she'll say, I want you to do animal shapes, or animal poses, and you want to watch people, like, how they're so, like, oh, I felt so silly, you know, mm-hmm. I felt so, like, oh, I didn't want to do that, but if, if you see a person that really gives themselves, you know, the ability or the, the permission to be in that animal space, children do it e- very easily, mm-hmm. they, they love playing animals, so... I space. do too. <laughs> space, that's nice. So, uh, how can we summarize this show? Oh, uh, well, it's animal, very primal. Primal <laughs> and community. And primal I, I community. I like when I asked you with all of your experience of running around, or being around, or loving around, or sadding around mm. in different communities. When I said, "Give oh, me something yeah. that works," you said, "The women." Yeah. This is true. Mm-hmm. Like giving the women space to not lead in the sense that we may think, oh, lead, but actually lead, just be. Just and be themselves and, and, and their own archetype, their own perfection. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, I, I'm a big follower, a fan of, you know, Castaneda's work and what he, you know, I won't get into in much into in the very last moment, but what he created is like looking at the difference between stalking energy and dreaming energy and each direction, the qualities of each direction, cardinal directions. And wow, when women come together with those qualities, you know, what can be awoken, what can move around the globe? So we're going to take from it, really. We're going to continue building on that, that truth that being community is having that dance of men and women and actually given women and our own ability, our own feminine, our own capacity to embrace right. and nurture and love and let go. And in these last 10 seconds of the show, I really want to s- thank you, Rose mm-hmm. and Edmund, for making this show and really probably the first show where I didn't talk more than the guests, <laughs> so to speak. It's uh, you guys. And that's an honor and it's a pleasure and it's been mm-hmm. worth all the years of redemption. <laughs> so whenever you're listening to this, you will be able to find more information about Rose, her book, and her workshops on beingcommunity.com. Thank you.